Hello everyone and welcome back to Air Magique. Let's talk about the most magical place in Europe. I'm Eric and this is the episode for the second week of August. Yes, today we'll be talking all about the gorgeous and sadly currently closed, at least for the moment, Disneyland Paris Railroad. But before we get into all that, some park news. So we've got some cool concept art here. The ride vehicle has been revealed for Disney's Spider-Man ride at Disneyland Resort and Disneyland Paris. Now the concept art pertains to the Disneyland version in California, but I think it's going to give us a pretty good idea of what ours here in Paris is going to look like too. Now looking at it, the vehicle boarding areas got a very industrial look with a lot of colorful pipes and wiring running along the walls and ceiling, which are made out of what would appear to be concrete. Spider-Man shaded red and blue pod-like vehicles wait for parkgoers to board in the ride's loading area. It does appear as if there's a glass window in front of guests in each of the vehicles, so it'll be interesting to see what role it plays in giving parkgoers superpowers. I mean, if it does at all. The traction is reportedly going to be in 3D, so it's going to require 3D glasses, but Disney's going to be touting some practical effects as well, which I'm very excited about. If you look really closely at the concept art, you'll even spot wall art for Stark Motors in the industrial load area for the ride. A very similar design, but one that says Stark Motives, can be seen on the previously released concept art for the California Adventure Building exterior. You guys, for me personally, Disney has got some big shoes to fill because the Spider-Man attraction at Universal Studios in Orlando and Japan and other versions of the park is so iconic and so amazing and so much fun. They better bring it, you guys. They better bring it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> La Brie Enchantée snack location in Fantasyland will soon start offering organic products. That's pretty cool. Also, the Autopia restrooms, those are the best restrooms in Discoveryland, by the way, if you guys have been wondering, got some brand new Dyson Airblade dryers, <laughs> and for the first few days, I don't know, maybe they're still on there, I haven't heard any updates, but the warranty stickers, the, they're like bright red, bright yellow warranty stickers were still on the dryers, which to me is really funny. The long-awaited Phantom Manor decrypted book has finally gone on sale and it's got a lot of cool artwork and behind-the-scenes stories. Ugh, it's gorgeous. It's got this like dark bluish purplish cover with this gold embossed font on it and a really cool illustration, so. Random drop sequences as well as new stories with new sound and visual effects during your elevator ride are coming to the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror starting September 28th. The new stories will feature an existing Hollywood Tower character, so we can speculate on who's it gonna be. There was this weird photo of a doll sitting on a sofa attached with the press release. I don't know, you guys. I'm really excited. I love the random drop sequences in Orlando, so I can't wait to get those over here as well. It's also been pretty hot in Europe, you guys, so we've been having some steady 42 degrees Celsius weather here. It's finally cooled down just a bit. But what was really interesting to me on one of the super, super hot days, there are actually attractions that remain closed. So just for future reference, I thought it'd be interesting to name what attractions closed during extremely hot weather. Casey Jr. wasn't running. Le Voyage de Pinocchio, the Pinocchio attraction, wasn't running. Apparently the building is not air-conditioned, even though it's a dark ride. The Orbitron wasn't running for obvious reasons. I mean, people standing out there in the sun. Can you imagine? Pirates Beach, RC Racer, Parachute Drop over in Toy Story Land, and Pai de Conte de Fez were all closed. So that's something I personally never experienced before, but we've been having some extreme weather this summer, so. 
our prediction that the Hotel Santa Fe is going to get the refillable soap dispensers has come true, you guys. Some Cars-themed shower soap dispensers have arrived at the Hotel Santa Fe, as well as matching shampoo, conditioner bottles, and soap. We've also got some cool Halloween announcements, you guys. So returning this year for Disneyland Paris's Halloween party nights, which are October 26th and the 31st, are Jack and Sally, plus a new surprise character, the terrifying Adventure Isle ghosts, Miguel at Fuente del Oro in Frontierland, and the villains take over the Halloween cavalcade. Also, there's going to be a really cool projection mapping show on Skull Rock over in Adventureland. Only on the Halloween party nights though, so you guys are going to have to be there to check that out. Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Dance-Off will also be returning for the next Marvel season in Spring 2020. This at least to a recent casting call, so let's hope they find some really cool actors. I know, Disneyland Paris is pretty good at doing that. They'll find some really nice people. Some changes are coming to the security check area at the resort hub. Four lanes are going to be added, and the tents are finally going to be replaced by proper structures, which I'm sure is going to look so much better, so that's great. We're also going to get some new signage navigation systems, so it'll be easier to find your way around the hub. And guest parking. So after months and months and months of refurbishment, the walls are finally down at Dumbo, which is amazing, and the water is back in the Fantasyland waterways. The attraction has got new ride vehicles and went through a complete mechanical and cosmetic refresh. And the best thing, it's already open, so you guys can ride it right now. Go ride it right now. Disney's Enchanted Christmas kicks off November 9th, and the event lasts all the way until January 6th at Disneyland Paris. Most of the shows will be starting around November 15th. Two shows that have already been confirmed for the next Christmas season are the Starlet Princess Waltz from November 15th to January 15th on the castle stage and Surprise Mickey over at Walt Disney Studios Park from November 15th to January 5th. We're also going to get an updated version of the Magical Christmas Lights, the tree lighting ceremony that happens in the evenings. And we're going to get a special royal guest. Now, who could that be? A special royal guest? Maybe a princess? Maybe a prince? Oh. Notably absent from the 2019 Christmas lineup is Goofy's Incredible Christmas and Merry Stitchmas. Oh, it's too bad. I really love Stitch, and I think it's awesome to combine him with the Christmas season. Christmas meet and greets this year will include Thumper, Miss Bunny, and, well, you know, we get a little bit of Stitch here for the meet and greet at least, and of course, Santa. In hotel news... Young guests staying at Disney's Hotel Cheyenne can now enjoy pony rides around the property for six euros a pop. Which is a really cute idea, but also I kind of feel kind of bad for the ponies. I know, I mean, I know they're, you know, horses and ponies, you can ride them and they enjoy it, but I don't know. I guess it's Disney, they're going to be treated well. It's just, I saw a picture and they're standing in the shed, it just wasn't looking so nice. But maybe it was just the picture, I don't know. Either way, I think it's really cute to have ponies walking around the Hotel Cheyenne. But... Yeah, I mean, maybe not use live animals so much in my opinion. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Cirque du Soleil because of this. The human actors, and they can choose when they want to go on stage, when they're tired or when they're not feeling so good. But with animals, you know, they sometimes can't express those feelings as clearly as we can. So I was actually kind of thinking maybe they could have done something or in the future. Like I've seen those little fun riding bouncy animals. I don't know what they're called. Riding bouncy animals that kids ride around the malls. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could do something like that at the Hotel Cheyenne instead of real-life ponies. <laughs> Might not be as authentic, but still. Anyway, enough of me rambling about ponies. So Disneyland Paris is actually testing new turnstiles at the moment, which is really exciting. They look really fancy and futuristic with nice glass doors. My favorite part about the new turnstiles is that they still say, Welcome! <laughs> when you enter. At least they are right now during testing. 
There's just a small portion of the Walt Disney Studios Park entrance that's testing these right now, and we'll see if we'll get an upgrade everywhere else as well. Yes, the Disneyland Paris Railroad. As a kid, this was one of my favorite attractions, and it still kind of is in a way. I really love riding the railroad. As a kid, it was just great to have a non-threatening, looked like a lot of fun, gave you a great overview of the park type experience, and you know, it even got you where you wanted to go. Now, the Disneyland Paris Railroad is officially known as the Disneyland Railroad, or DRR, but it was originally called the Euro Disneyland Railroad, which was abbreviated as EDRR. Countless elements at the train stations are still adored with the EDRR initials. This also caused kind of a problem for lead Imagineer Eddie Soto. He recalls, quote, The initials EDRR made people think I'd called it, quote unquote, Ed's Railroad. That, of course, was certainly not what I intended, end quote. I'm sure Tim Delaney can relate with his uh, Delaney Mountain issue. <laughs> the Disneyland Railroad rocks a 3-foot, that's 914 millimeter, narrow gauge track and was inaugurated on April 12, 1992, with the park's grand opening. The railroad travels the complete outer loop of the park, which is around 7,150 feet, that's 2,180 meters. The entire loop takes about 20 minutes to complete and features four train stations that passengers may exit or enter at. Main Street Station is one of the first major in-park structures visitors encounter after passing through the turnstiles. It's an elevated station building where parkgoers can walk underneath to reach the castle, Main Street USA, and is also intended to be a barrier between the real world and the fantasy world, and features a plaque with the iconic lines, quote, here you leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. End quote. The train station covers three portals that lead parkgoers directly to Main Street USA. This is something that's unique to Disneyland Paris, you guys. One of my favorite Disney details, by the way, Niels and myself will be recording an episode on this topic in the near future, which I'm really excited about. So one of my favorite details is the flooring, which is covered in English encaustic tiles that were manufactured just like they would have been in the 19th century. What is an encaustic tile, you might ask? Lord knows I had no idea before researching this. <laughs> well, well, they're ceramic tiles in which the pattern or figure on the surface is not a product of a glaze or a paint job, but the clay itself, shaded in various tones and colors. The designs are burnt deep into the body of the tile, rather than painted on a surface glaze making them super durable, which is ideal for the entrance, with a lot of beautiful feet marching across them <laughs> every day. <laughs> now, my personal experience, the drop-dead gorgeous Disneyland Hotel that one passes through underneath has always served kind of the same purpose. So not only do we get one barrier, we get two in Europe. That's double the protection from the real world. <laughs> reinforced over here, you guys, it's reinforced. The height of Main Street Station had to be carefully calculated, according to Walt Disney Imagineer Eddie Soto, show producer for Main Street USA and Disneyland Paris. It had to be low enough in order to not block the view of guests staying at the Disneyland Hotel, but high enough to make an impact on guests entering the park. The train station ended up being a Victorian wood depot with an iron structure woven in. The staircases and the cast iron structure are inspired by New York's elevated train stations. And there's this really, really nice organ that's located in the Main Street Station that used to play a really cool swelling musical feature. Its design was inspired by a piece of cabinetry that Soto once saw at the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. So I really hope it's going to be restored to working condition after the current closure or 
I mean, it's a closure. It's not a refurbishment right now, you guys, but I'm really hoping they're using this time to refurbish. <laughs> just a little bit, at least. Just a little bit. The station's platforms are pretty long, which drastically improves capacity, so it's about 250 individuals per train. Before the arrival of the train, an announcement of the station master can be heard. This spiel was voiced by Mr. Soto himself. Also, be sure to check out the gorgeous stained glass windows located in the station, depicting various sights and experiences parkour's may encounter in Disneyland Paris. But why do we even have a railroad at the parks? So it all started directly with Walt Disney. The railroads were an important part of Disney's childhood. His very first job was selling candy and newspapers on trains out of Kansas City, and years later, his passion for the 1/8 scale steam railroad he built in his backyard helped inspire the creation of Disneyland in California. Can you guys imagine having a Disneyland-style railway in your own private backyard? One that you can actually ride? <laughs> It'll be so cool. Disney's estate even featured a 90-foot underground tunnel with an ivy-covered stone archway entrance. There are some really cute vintage pics of this online if you guys are interested. His 1/8 scale Lily Bell locomotive directly inspired the full-scale CK Holiday at Disneyland in Anaheim. In Disneyland Paris, we have four locomotives, which include number one, WF Cody, which stands for William Friedrich Cody, also known as Buffalo Bill, which is a really cool tie-in to the Wild West Dinner Show at Disneyland Paris. Design-wise, the locomotive is similar to its prototype Disneyland Railroad number one in Anaheim, although the colors don't line up as well as that our edition features these funny little deer antlers above the main lighting fixture. The train's cars are named after U.S. western cities Silverton, Durango, Denver, Wichita, and Cheyenne. Train number two is C.K. Holiday, stands for Cyrus K. Holiday. Named after the man who built the Santa Fe Railway, this locomotive shares the same name as the Disneyland Railroad's number one locomotive in Anaheim, but does not resemble it in design. Its cars were named after Eastern U.S. resorts Coney Island, Atlantic City, Long Island, Niagara Falls, and Chesapeake. Train number three is George Washington, named after the first president of the United States. On the locomotive's headlamp, it has a painting of George Washington and Marquis de Lafayette. Its color palette is made up of red, white, and blue, which are associated not only with America, but also with France, which is a nice tie-in. Its cars were named after places where Washington is associated with famous events. Mount Vernon, Boston, Philadelphia, Yorktown, and Valley Forge. And train number four, <laughs> last but definitely not least, Eureka, which was inspired after the word Californian miners yelled when they discovered gold during the gold rush. Eureka got me some gold. <laughs> Did miners in California have a country accent? Probably not. You know, but I might have to do it. Okay. This locomotive was the only one not to be present at park opening and was added in a year later. It shares the same name and number as the Eureka locomotive in Las Vegas, but not design, you guys, not design, this thing looks different. Its cars were named after the cities in California, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Monterey, San Diego, and Sacramento. To research appropriate designs for the Disneyland Paris trains, the Imagineers visited the Henry Ford and Greenfield Village Museums in Michigan and the California Railroad Museum in Sacramento. Imagineers Tom York and Louis Lemoyne were the principal designers of the trains. And they did a fantastic job. I mean, look at them, you guys. Well, <laughs> now you're not looking at them, but when you're at the parks, take a good look at those locomotives. They're oh, amazing. All that detail. Vintage train enthusiasts can appreciate the fine details like I just did. 
from the authentic whistles right down to the serial numbers on the sides which indicate the engine number and the carriage number. However, Disney insiders might recognize that serial numbers on the trains line up with some birth dates of several Imagineers. How did that happen? <laughs> now the ride experience is uniquely Disneyland Paris with several exclusive show scenes and exterior design elements. After departing from Main Street Station, parkgoers start their journey around the loop with a recorded narration speaking in both French and English about visited landscapes. You guys, although there used to be a recording, the last few times I wrote it and like YouTube videos from the past three years of the attraction, there is no narration in Paris as far as I can tell at the moment. So I would be curious to see if it will return after the closure <laughs> refurbishment. <laughs> The first show seen is a tunnel featuring a diorama recreation of the Grand Canyon, complete with wild animals and storm effects. The Grand Canyon scene also cleverly hides the Phantom Manor show building. Mm, sneaky sneaky. As the train arrives in Frontierland, traveling behind the rivers of the far west, it is serving up the most excellent view of Big Thunder Mountain, as well as the geysers shooting water up high into the sky. I can just imagine how cool it was back in 1992 when they were still doing the canoe rides on the rivers of the far west. <laughs> you can just imagine from the folks in the canoe waving at you while you wave back to them from the train. So cool. You might also be able to spot some quote-unquote wild animals hiding in the trees and drinking some water by the river before reaching your first stop, which is the Frontierland Depot. After departing from Frontierland, the trains pass through Adventureland, not only do parkgoers get glimpses of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril, but we also get to pass by a camp with a tent and a jeep that look very much like Indy could just pop out at any moment and drive off to his next adventure. The train then enters another tunnel, also known as the Pirates of the Caribbean show building, and you get a really cool glimpse inside the attraction, right after which you arrive at Fantasyland Station. Fantasyland Station is located in the British section of Fantasyland, which also includes Peter Pan's Flight and Alice's Curious Labyrinth. You also get a really great view of the land, you guys. You even get to pass in front of the It's a Small World facade, so you can wave at the folks standing in line. Finally, the Discoveryland Station. The train stops above Star Tours The Adventures Continue and Mickey's Fuller Magic. After departing from Discoveryland, the train's journey comes to an end returning to Main Street Station. I wonder, like, you can just stay seated and keep on riding it, so I wonder who the record holder is for <laughs> doing all the loops, just riding all day on the train, <laughs> no bathroom breaks. <laughs> that would really interest me. Overall, it's a fantastic experience with so much to look at, and it's really great for first-time parkgoers because you get a really good feel for the layout of the park. Anyway, let's take a moment of silence for the defect organ and missing narration. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. But remember, so if you're visiting right now, the railroad is currently closed. There is no official opening date available at the moment. I really wish we would hear some news from Disneyland Paris. Come on, you guys, let us know when it's going to be back open. It originally closed primarily due to the construction of the new Frontierland Theater. Here's to hoping they also worked on the railroad and gave it some love. I for one can't wait to get it back so that future parkours, young and old, can experience this really cool attraction as it was intended. Now instead of a listener question, I wanted to share this absolutely wonderful email Jenny sent me. It pertains to the Disney Village episode that Niels and I recorded a while back, specifically the restaurant Earl of Sandwich. Jenny writes, Hi Eric, I found your podcast on Spotify while I was searching for Disneyland Paris music 
And now I've subscribed via Podcast Addict and listened to all the episodes. <laughs> Work, Ginny, you go girl. Has anyone ever told you you sound like Dylan Maron? <laughs> so no, nobody's actually ever told me that, Jimmy. But it's very true, and I love his TED Talk. <laughs> so Ginny continues, I grew up in the town of Sandwich in Kent, the one with the Earl who supposedly invented the sandwich. It's a bit of an urban legend. No one knows if it's true or not. There's even a version where he was busy working instead of busy playing cards. What is true, however, is that there is a nearby town called Ham, and there's an infamous sign pointing to both Ham and Sandwich <laughs> that's been stolen multiple times, <laughs> which, which is hilarious because, you guys, the sign actually reads Ham Sandwich. So, yeah, I can, I can see why it's been stolen. That's really funny. So, first of all, Jenny, thank you so much for sending in that amazing fact. I always love learning cool new facts like this, and I'm sure a lot of you guys do as well. Now, if you guys have any questions, want to share a cool tip or awesome fact with us, you can reach us via email under DisneylandParisNow at Yahoo.com, or you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> and just send us a DM over there. I'll also put links down in the show notes for you guys. By the way, you guys, this episode topic was chosen by our amazing Twitter peeps via the Twitter poll feature. <laughs> so this is definitely something that we're going to keep doing in the future. So we know what attractions you guys would like to hear about. If you'd like to be a part of that selection and choose what attraction you'd like me to cover in the next episode, you can find us under at Airmachic on Twitter. Please make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever the platform of your choice is. And we would so very much appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on your favorite platform as it really does help new folks discover the podcast and just, you know, gets the word out. Thank you so, so much, you guys. Also, thank you to at ed92live on Twitter, DisneylandParis.com, DesigningDisney.com, the book Disneyland Paris from Sketch to Reality, and the book Disney A to Z, all of which were the excellent sources for the information compiled in this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for Air Magique. This is Eric. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Magic is an unofficial podcast made with love and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. This episode is not sponsored. All promotional or advertised content will be clearly identified.